We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company. Coming at you Friday night. It's April 14th after the Wolves beat the Oklahoma City Thunder by 25 points. And now they're in the playoffs. Game one is in Denver on Sunday night. I am joined late. I guess it's not Friday night anymore. It is It is officially Saturday morning. Um, joined by Kyle Tige from from Score North. How are we feeling, Kyle? We're back, baby. It never works when row. you crack your beer. The, the really? sound, the, you, you like put it behind the microphone. Anyone who was listening to uh, us ramble over at Flagrant Howls, I'm a half bottle of wine down. Uh, and now I've tried to transition to beer. Uh, first time, Phil, Phil, my co-host Phil Mackey pointed this out. I think it's the first time the Minnesota Timberwolves have made the playoffs in back-to-back years in like 19 years. Yep. Like it was definitely since the Kevin Garnett uh, era. Um, and I know we're going to get into it. We're going to go 16 different ways tonight, but just uh, a, a big moment for the team, the organization, whatever. Uh, but for the fans, this has been the most grueling, most frustrating, <laughs> at points, most underwhelming season uh, that I've ever covered, that you've ever covered. Um, and everyone that was at that arena tonight, I mean, we, we had Judd Zolgat on, on our pod, and he was coming live. He said the place was rocking. Um, a cool moment for a bunch of people that invest a lot of time and energy and finances into something that rarely pans out. Uh, a good way to start your weekend, a good way to start your spring. Uh, and now we have more real, important basketball that we get to watch and talk about. And that's way cooler than all the drama, punching people, draft picks. Like, we're going to watch playoff basketball again for the second time in two years. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow would have not been a good day. Obviously, had the, had funeral. The, yeah, I mean, I was just kind of thinking about it. Of, for me personally, it's like, okay, uh, on Saturday, I either go to Denver uh, for the game or we do, you know, exit interviews. And I was like, oh, my gosh, exit interview with, with the players and the coach. We Everyone talks to the media at the end. And I'm like, man, that would have been like a funeral procession because the word would have, you know, I don't know why I'm starting with all this negativity here. I guess I'm saying it in a way to be like, it would have been very low. On Saturday, and I, I mean, we'll see what ends up happening in this, in this Denver series. But there's a, there's an opportunity here to your point of 
with how rough this season has been to to end on a very different note or have a I, I think what I've learned from from covering this team is or just covering the NBA in general, how it works is the last things of the season are what are what yep. stick in your mind. Uh, obviously, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Jordan McLaughlin, D'Angelo getting benched uh, at the end of game six and, and that and it all just kind of that kind of started the narrative of of what the summer was and the the moves that they needed to make and Delos in limbo and all that. And, and to not end on a, you know, a, a really sour note, I think is, is actually very productive for the future of this team. I've said for a long time that I think a playoff series uh, me- means a lot to this team, particularly for the, for the younger players or for the, I always say young, like the inexperienced players, obviously Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson have been in the playoffs a lot, but everyone else hasn't, you know, even, even cat. And, and now you have an opportunity as individuals, right. To kind of reshape your individual narrative of who and what you are as a playoff player. And, and this team has a, has an opportunity uh, to do that as well. But let's, uh, before we get looking forward um, to Denver, Britt and I are going to record tomorrow. That'll be a little bit more uh, Denver preview ish. I, I need to wrap my head around that uh, before, before we dig into that. But, uh, Tonight with Kyle, we're, we're going to focus on on this game. And and Kyle, I, I think there's kind of two main places to focus on why the success of this game and why they won this game. Uh, the one was was obvious. We knew that if they were going to beat the Thunder, it was going to be because size mattered, right? And and they they physically punished uh, a smaller Oklahoma City team or didn't you know fall victim to the the speed and the transition game of that the Thunder have and and the Wolves really that wasn't an issue uh in, in this game at all particularly Carl Anthony Towns I think he took that physical advantage uh to heart and and really implemented it in this game that was that was kind of the the narrative we knew that would come out of this game if it was a win but the other one I I don't know if I want to say it was bigger than that but just the job that they did on Shea Gilgis Alexander, specifically Nikhil Alexander Walker, and and what he was able to do, not only guarding Shea Gilgis Alexander, we knew that was going to happen some, but he started in this game, and man, man, was he good! It's so funny in the locker room after the game. Uh, <laughs> this clip here, and on on the job Nikhil played. Uh, uh, we'll we'll start with that clip. What did you think of the job McKeel did? Oh, my God. Incredible job. Uh, I know they like brothers or something, but he did a great job. It was like he knew his game, like inside and outs of his game. And he did a great job. Oh, Ant, man. Never, never change. Uh, Nikhil was awesome, Kyle, uh, in, in this game. And uh, that's the head of the snake for the Thunder. And, and Nikhil knew that. Uh, obviously, he is familiar with uh Shay's game because they're brothers or something and uh and it showed uh, it, what it, are we doing I don't what, know. A, what a team we cover like uh, I saw you tweet that out and I was just like I can't wait to hear the audio and the audio was better than uh, the tweet is but uh I know what you're trying to say and the answer is um you know it goes it goes back to again I, I want to kind of ramp it up like you did it's an elimination game and it's two completely polarizing different teams, right? Like it's like this super young, second youngest team in the league 
a team that has no size and all the draft picks <laughs> versus a team that has all the size and none of the draft picks. Right. And if you lose at home to a bunch of guards uh, and a bunch of draft picks, I mean, it would have been brutal. Like, it would have been, you know, tomorrow, exit interviews, all that stuff. It would have been absolutely to the point where, like, I mean, I don't know exactly if they're at that stage yet prior to tonight, but, like, someone might have gotten fired. Like, it would have been that bad. To spin it all the way around and beat the team the way they did, it really did start. I mean, yes, the size. Rudy and Carl had two of the best games of the season. They had one of the best kind of nights combined. Not It's all about Nikhil. Mm. Like, that is the Nikhil Alexander-Walker podium game. Uh, he... The, the when the wolves are at their best, or like when they have all their guys, and it's like Mike, Ant, Jaden, Rudy, and Carl, or whatever, it's a fun starting lineup. I don't know if it works long term, but I've always been like, I haven't loved it, or like they just don't have like that complimentary piece that just does all the dirty stuff. You know what I mean? Like Jaden well, and Ant, like those guys gone, are just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they, they Jaden busts his ass on defense, but they just they don't do those little things that you like see like from a Alex Caruso or these guys that just kind of do random stuff. Every time the Wolves scored tonight and Shea was on the floor, as soon as the ball went through the net, Shea sprinted to wherever Shea was and just touched him. <laughs> like, literally just, like, touched him like he was a cornerback. And it was impressive as hell. I mean, he – you're never going to stop Shea. I mean, I think he still had 22 points, got to the line a bunch in the third. But they literally took him out of the game to such a level that it just – I mean, I, it kind of seemed like, okay, see, their youth showed. They just were lost. They were lost in starting in the second quarter. Um, every time they tried to put TP on him, I mean, I love Torian Prince, but he had no chance. Yeah, at I, all. I, well, I think that was probably the expected starter at quote unquote small 100%. forward, and and we did see TP really struggle when Na was on the bench, and it was him guarding Shea in those minutes. That's when I think Shea probably scored the majority of his points, and it it just. I mean, I don't know. Wolves matchups never really make sense because they start two centers. And I, I do this every game just <laughs> in my notes of like who's guarding who. And I try and guess before the games and I get it wrong like 80 percent of the time because it's it's like, OK, which center is going to guard the team that doesn't have a second big? And and by starting to keel, they made it make as much sense matchup wise as they could. Right. You have Gobert on Jay Will, uh, their center. He kind of knew it was going to be that. You put Edwards um, on J-Dub, the, the other Jalen Williams, uh, which made sense. You put Conley on Giddy, and then you could put Nah on SGA. And and then Towns takes Dort. That's that's kind of the weird one. And, that, that, and the Thunder kind of poked at that a little bit. Dort was making some threes. Carl was hesitant to get out there uh, at times and hurt him a little bit in the first half. But... Those matchups go really differently, or the, I, I think the flow of it goes very differently if you have to put Conley on SGA, right, to to start that game. Because I thought Conley did a great job on Josh Giddy, just really limiting his drives, like squaring him up with his body. And yeah, I, I guess I'm just saying like 15 different ways of like putting Nikhil on Shea made it make sense in, in ways that Jaden would have. And, you know, I mean, Jaden's still a superior defender to him because Jaden's a elite defender, but it felt a lot like what I imagine it would have felt like had had Jade McDaniels played in that game. It reminds me of how you've always said 
in the past. Like Jalen Noel's not, you know, like watered down Malik Beasley. He's more like dollar store Anthony Edwards, like the way that he kind of what his role is. Uh Nikhil is like dollar store Jade McDaniels. Um, it's no slight to Torian Prince and the way he defends. He's just a physical defender. Mm-hmm. Like he really likes to body. I mean, he did a great job in LeBron, right? Yeah, exactly. I was literally yeah. gonna say, like, he has a much better chance of shutting down LeBron James than like Shea Gilders Alexander. Yeah. Um, but Nikhil just has that way, and you and Britt always talk about this, like to be in the space without necessarily being like super physical mm. and giving yourself just a little like so that you're not just because I mean Shea just no I mean Shea is a one of a kind basketball player in the way that he moves his extremities to <laughs> draw contact. Yeah. Um and every like I said, I mean he, I think he had four straight trips to the free throw line on four straight possessions. And I think all four of the fouls were on Torian Prince. So mm. to go back to the start, I mean I remember your tweet when it came out, it was like Rudy is in and here's another shocker. Nikhil is starting. Right, yeah. First start in a Timberwolves uniform since he arrived. So I know there was a lot of other things that went into this, but it's a massive, massive win for a guy that some people thought if he lost the game was going to lose his job in Chris Finch. And then I guess post game, you found out that maybe it was also yeah a little congratulatory to our friend Tim Connolly too for the suggestion or what was that about? Yeah, yeah. Well, Finch did. I don't have that clip, uh, but Finch was just said that you know, as they were meeting, I I, I guess that happens <laughs> where the, the coach and president of basketball operations like meet before. And, and the way Finch said it was that uh, Conley was like, crazy idea. What if we started Nikhil and, and put him on Shea? And, and Finch said, you know, they, they hadn't really gotten to that part of their game planning for that matchup. All right. Because it's a couple days after the, the Lakers game. And it ended up it ended up being uh, what they went with. And I, I think they they made the decision this morning. Actually, that's actually I'll play that. I do have this clip. Uh, Nikhil talked about that after the game. How even when he woke up this morning, he was not expecting to have more than like a a bit type of role in this game. So here's Nikhil. Hey, Nikhil, just when did you find out you were going to start? And your thoughts, just like when you got that news. Um, I would say this morning. Yeah. Uh, There's like. Moses, Kyle, and TP, we kind of just like, you know, like, just be ready. You know, just be ready. And, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, just come in off the bench, you know, playing shade. So, yeah, just be ready. And this morning, I shoot around. And there's my name on, on, the, on the clip, just the matchups. And I just have to, now, it, it, I finally put it together, but I guess it's morning. <laughs> That's just kind of... That's just a, a kind of wild development. And to be, you know, Kyle, it just reminds me of like when I'm watching actual playoff basketball over the like past five years. And that's what happens in like a playoff series is, you know, even even a Warriors, you know, playoff series or something like that. It, it's kind of winning a game or a critical game in a series often is about for the Warriors, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson or Draymond Green. Those are kind of like expected outcomes right you, you have a general idea of what those guys are going to produce and it's someone like Kevon Looney being able to come into the game and you know handle a center or get eight offensive rebounds and and that's it 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 seems small they seem like these tertiary characters in the story but and and to some extent Nikhil was right cat did his thing 
Ant had a game. Mike was Mike was good. Rudy clearly still going through some stuff with his back. But like those guys produced in the way that you would expect them to produce if you know if the the Wolves were going to be competitive in this game. And I just I just think the game that Nikhil was able to play is what is what pushed it over the edge in the way that you know the classic quote unquote X factor does to yeah to to win a, a postseason game. Dude, you hang Nikhil's jersey in the rafters just for his defense tonight. Like, just that. But, no, but, like, just the defense. You're like, wow, starting Nikhil, brilliant move. Did as much as you can do to shut down an all-NBA guy like Shea. Yeah. He also led the team in assists and steals. Wow. You know what I mean? It's just like, so it's not just like he was a, like, a, a specific, you know, just one kind of uh, task guy. Um, you know, like the the old school Josh Akogi stuff, right? Like I know Josh has kind of found his shot with Phoenix, but it wasn't just like, hey, you're our defensive stopper and we'll figure out the rest. He had six assists. He knows how to move the ball. I mean, that's why Finch wanted him in the D-Lo trader. Like that's why Finch wants guys like that that are just dude. I mean, and what, what about the what about the angle of like J Mac has like the Monstars took away his talent? Yeah, thing going on. But man, but. It, it, I mean, that's just that's just the case with with J Mac right now, and I'm, I don't even mean to totally dwell on that point. But the point of Mike Conley, like they're, they're playing, you know, Ant plays thirty nine minutes in this game, Nikhil plays thirty seven. Like Mike can't really play; he's thirty six years old or whatever. He he can't play forty minutes and and deliver for you. So you you know tonight or in this series going forward, you need backup point guard play, and the point ant thing has been mothballed and you know you can kind of go to kyle a little bit but having Nikhil actually be able to not only guard sga but be the backup point guard um in the second half i don't think jmac played and and that was Nikhil kind of took over those minutes shared the point guard duties with kyle as well like that is a on this team which we should talk about that has the the team that you've coined the deepest wolves team of all time is He's now playing six and a half yeah, guys. No longer yeah. is is deep whatsoever. That that stuff matters. The the uh the positional uh interchangeability. I think we've done a long time here on Nikhil. Let's grab our first break and then let's move over to Cat because I mean, as great as Nikhil was, you know, Cat yeah. was the proverbial uh straw that that stirred the drink tonight. So we'll take a quick break here. I'll be back with Kyle and we'll uh we'll get into Cat. Today's show is brought to you by Land and Lore, and the people at Land and Lore wanted me to tell you that they get tired, super tired. Tired of always looking like, but life hits hard. They're dads with kids that don't sleep and with wives that are constantly mad at them for things they didn't realize they did. Plus, maybe they stayed up all night rewatching last year's playing game versus the Clippers because it's thus far the highlight of their adult lives. But what's worse than feeling like is looking like it, because when you look like everyone can see it, and no matter how much coffee or Celsius they inhale, they still walk into work looking like cave dwellers. That's why Land and Lore, they created the energy drink for your face. So no matter how you feel, you don't have to look like it. What's even better, because they love the Timberwolves, is they're giving fans 20% off the brand. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Land and Lore face products and use promo code 20AntMan to get 20% off. Land and Lore, proven to help you look awake no matter how long of a bender you've been on. Today's episode is brought to you by 20 by 20 Solutions, a Minneapolis-based technology consulting company that works with your business to help you build and sustain success. 
A great front office puts together a winning team with a coach who can put together a winning strategy. When leadership does its job and it all comes together, that means success. Success in business isn't any different. Business leaders need to find the right mix of technology, strategy, and talent to make things really work. And that's never been truer for growing companies. 20 by 20's team has helped grow companies from thousands of customers to tens of millions by helping businesses across a wide range of industries, from consumer technology and healthcare to manufacturing and even human spaceflight. Reach out to Clark and Ben, who are Wolves fans and fans of this show, by emailing them at team at 20by20solutions.com. That's T-E-A-M at 20x20solutions.com. And their team will review your needs and help you put together a plan before you need to make any commitments. 20 by 20 solutions, technology, workflow, architecture, strategy. They're your sixth man on a winning team. All right, back with Kyle Tagge. Uh Kyle, it, it really stood out to me right away in the first quarter. You could just kind of see Cat understand where the advantage lied in this game. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we all knew it. Every, everyone knew it. But I, I felt like he was the only player really in the first quarter who was like, no, this is where we eat in, in this game mm-hmm. is, is physicality, force, uh, particularly underneath the basket. Again, like I think if you have Rudy at full strength, he's a lot more impactful in this game. Rudy was in many ways a body like I he just wasn't really jumping. <laughs> I, he's so tall. He, he, just, he just jumped, Yeah, he couldn't get off the ground. He, I mean, could, he to, really to, couldn't. To uh, do 21 and 10. Yeah. And I know we'll talk about him a little bit, but like, and I know that there, he's, a, he's a hot button topic with what happened over the last week, but like he was just clearly not himself. And I've had back spells before. We've all had it at this age, but, uh, yeah, he just wasn't able to really do what he did, yeah. especially like around the rim and protect the rim. And I'll throw it back to you, but like Carl having three blocks, Carl was great on both ends, not just offensively. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, again, Carl just understood the advantage. And, and you know, and he particularly, yeah, on, on the offensive side of the floor. Yeah, defensively, I mentioned Dort before. That's That's still, Carl talked about that a little bit after the game. He's still fighting some of that urge of like, yeah. The instinct of being a rim protector and remembering that that Rudy's there. And that seems like an obvious thing, but I think it's just it's hard to be intuitive uh for if you've played the first seven years of your career as a five to to you know in the course of action kind of be able to switch that off. Over the course of time, he seemed to get more more comfortable into that role. And then yeah, they cat included, they really just blocked off the paint. I thought this was a really yep. good game plan game from from Chris Finch and and the Wolves coaching staff and you know we've had some some harsh things to say about Finch and what's been going on lately but you knew this matchup right you knew what Oklahoma City wanted to do they they wanted to get into that that's their game they're the, it's the it's the Brooklyn offense that we saw a couple times this month uh, uh against the Wolves they just want to touch the paint and kick it out or get all the way to the rim and the Wolves clogged the paint and they had the size and length to be able to do that. And both, it was like the first time that it really felt like, oh, it's the twin towers of of Rudy and Carl. And they're actually hard to score through because they're just way bigger than most yeah. front lines that you face. I mean, that was the best Rudy and Carl game. of. I don't know if it was the overall best. Well, maybe it was the best game. I still, of the season. I, well, I still think that. Wasn't it that Indiana game? That, that I was talking to John about that after the game. We were thinking, we're like, what is the, what were the best games of the season? 
in, in comparison to that. And that was the other one we, we came to. And that was a Cat and Rudy game because I think that was two, a game or two right before Cat actually got hurt. But th- that, that's, that in and of itself is interesting that it, the Wolves were kind of catching a rhythm in late November right before Cat got hurt, right? It was, it, mm-hmm. was, it was the first time, the only time, that it seemed to have really be making any sort of sense. And there was kind of a dot to connect, I thought, tonight from mid-November uh, to now of like, oh yeah, here's the progression. Obviously, we have this huge dip for 52 games uh, with Cat out and you have like 17 different identities and make a huge deadline trade and all these sort of things. And it was like, yeah, that's right. I just thought a lot about post-game. It was a lot of my questions to Finch and Carl and stuff was, do you feel like you have tapped back into this identity and does it kind of make sense for the first time? And, and both Finch and, and Carl were said things along the lines of like, yeah, we kind of like had to forget that we had to forget about yeah. the, the, you just yeah. did, you know, when, I mean, when you had Rudy and, and not Carl, you, you remembered it again once it was Rudy cat and Nas there for five games or whatever. And then it's kind of been in limbo. And I feel like this is the most, the two bigs experiment has had just made sense. And I don't know, maybe that's a little hollow to some people because it's like, okay, you put the smallest team in the league, but I still think there's value in that. There's, there's value in having gotten reps and developed belief in, in the process of, you know, what has to be, that this has to be the identity of this team as, as currently constructed. And we've only seen blips of it in November or whatever. Uh, but it, 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 I don't know. Seems like it, it made no. sense tonight. Listen, man, I can't wait. Like, it, they, you can't say you can't just brush it to the side that well, yeah, you played the smallest team in the league. Right. Like, there, th- this is the same Minnesota Timberwolves team that's like five and ten against the bottom four teams in the in the league. Like, you actually came into a game where you're six point favorites. You have an advantage, and you took that advantage, and yeah. you just leaned into it and blew a good young team out by 25 points. Like, like what a what a weird way to wrap up the regular season or the play-in or whatever by, like, the Wolves finally did in game 84 what we've been asking them to do for the first 83 games, right? Like, just lean into your one strength that you really have that you invested in nine, ten months ago and just bully people. Um, I mean, there were so many moments that come to my mind, like, where Carl had a rebound over Dort and put it back up, or just like yeah, Carl, nice. you can al- already see again. Like no one has better, no one has better chemistry with Rudy than Mike, but no one has more like purposeful chemistry with Rudy than Kyle. But Carl gets back out there, and he's just he's at least looking for him, right? But tonight the double comes, he makes the pass quick. Like he's just he was. It is. I mean, it's sad that this is one of Carl Anthony Towns' biggest games of his career because there's just not a lot of postseason success up yeah. and down this roster. Uh, but it is one of his biggest games, and he just played so well. And you cannot, under any circumstances, talk about his box score without highlighting one of the last columns: two personal fouls. <laughs> didn't get didn't get in his own way. You know, I mean, obviously, again, he's not guarding AD. He's not having to guard LeBron or something. But he just played a extremely efficient game. 11 for 16 from the field. Um, only had to play 29 minutes, ironically. But uh, uh, incredible performance from him, and I'm sure you and Britt will go deep into this tomorrow, but they're going to need that type of performance yeah. every night against the Nuggets. That is one of the advantages, is to 
take a bunch of threes, you know, make a couple plays, protect the rim a little bit, and just, you know, get out there and rebound. So uh, a great night for him. And yeah, other than Nikhil, I mean, it was him that really led the charge and was kind of the the game ball for the team. Yeah, when I when I think about this, again, big identity looking like it made sense so much more than it did uh, in those first 21 games this season, you know, I go to, you know, what's the, not the common denominator, what's the new denominator, right? And it's it's Mike Conley, right? And mm-hmm. and I think the the optimistic take is maybe Mike greases the wheels for that part of the identity specifically in ways that D'Lo didn't, you know, and, I, and there's things that D'Lo can do and did that that Mike doesn't do as often or as well, but it seems I, I I like Mike had six shots in this game, and and I've just loved his ability to to get out of the way when necessary. I think we focused a lot mm-hmm. on the times when it's like, oh man, you know, Ant sick or so and so's hurt and. Mike had to take 14 shots and he was five for eight from three. You know, we focus on these times when he really turns it up. And I think just as like valuable is when Mike can really, you can really feel his impact at a low usage rate. And, and it, it, that seems to me to be something that maybe gets the, the identity in in terms of cat and Rudy and extending that to Kyle too of the front court working. I mean, it's the point guard, right? At the end of the day, this is kind of basic basketball, right? The, the point guard gets the bigs going. That's, that's how it works. That's how it's always worked. And I have more confidence in the double big look now that it's often flanked by Mike Conley at at the point guard position. Yeah. I mean, we have to say again, I know we've said it a couple of times, but the, the, the Mike Conley for D'Angelo Russell trade saved the season. I mean, it just did. And it's not, it doesn't really have anything to do with who you, who is the better player. I mean, it's just about fit and to get what was essentially your starting backcourt tonight that saved your season in Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander Walker, plus those picks. Um, I mean, the hat tip to Tim Conley, who has had a tough go about it here in Minnesota, but yeah, I was just I was I was thinking too, like, is the, the D'Angelo Russell never too high, never too low? You're you were at the arena tonight. Mike Conley really wants to win. Like yeah. Mike Conley's just too high. Like in a good <laughs> way. Like he's just he really, really I've never I didn't I, I didn't watch a lot of Mike Conley prior to this. Like obviously in Utah, I watched him a lot in Memphis, but he's a really passionate guy. And I think sometimes like we always talk about how ants just energy and enthusiasm kind of in kind of injects it into his teammates and stuff. I think Mike does that too. Mike is like the cool, we knew this when he came here, but Mike is just a great teammate and he really kind of wears it on his sleeve. I'm going to get like tonight. Yeah. He only took six shots, but every time he took I me, mean, yes, he was four for six, but every time he took it, it's like, Oh, that's going in. Yeah. Like if Mike Conley's going to shoot now, it just kind of is like, Oh, that's probably going to go in. Like, let's just hustle back on defense. So uh, another efficient game. He only had three assists too. He didn't really blow you away on the box score. Uh, he was a, Plus yeah, you, you felt this impact a lot more but, watching it than you do as I yeah. have this box score. In and front like of you me. said, yeah. like too, Na had to was all over SGA, so then they kind of threw, you know, Mike to chase around Giddy at times, and just uh, his ability to chase is is incredible. His ability to get around screens, especially without Jaden now, like mm. he just navigates things so well, and then he just kind of has 
he does kind of have a little bit flair for the dramatic. Like he took a, a heat check three tonight that was like, hey, let's just like anxious Kyle was like, hey, let's just run the ball out. Like, let's just chill. <laughs> or like when he threw that three quarters court touchdown pass to Carl when it's like, no, we should just like totally kill the clock. So yeah. uh, really just up and down, like the the starting lineup was great. Um, Kyle Anderson's minutes again. I mean, he was a team high plus 25. They just every player that really played more than, you know, seven minutes for them, the McLaughlin minutes, notwithstanding, like just was efficient. They didn't really turn the ball over that much. Uh, I mean, Torian Prince had, I think, no, uh, someone, oh, Kyle Anderson had three turnovers. That was kind of the highlight of the team. Um, but just up and down, they just gave them professional basketball, dude. Like that's just, there's so many times where this team had their back against the wall and they kind of just shit themselves. And tonight, I mean, everyone played really efficiently, played within themselves, didn't try to do too much. It's like they were given a sheet of three or four objectives and it was just do those objectives. That's it. And they each kind of stuck to it and a uh, pretty impressive win. I mean, that's a, that was a, that's a good Thunder team, by the way, that Thunder team just two nights ago really gave it to a good Pelicans team. And they were pretty much out of it as soon as Carl hit that circus shot in the second quarter. That was a turning point because everyone in the arena seemed like they kind of laughed. It was supposed to be a lob. Carl threw it. It hit the, the ceiling, bounced in. Everyone <laughs> giggled. And then from there, it was like 38-29, and the Wolves never looked back. One thing I want to mention with Mike, too, uh, we talk all the time about Mike and his impact on Rudy and due to the familiarity there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's, it's we, like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, like, didn't play a lot in the beginning of his, his career in New Orleans or Utah. But I, I asked I asked Nikhil about, you know, that familiarity with not only Rudy, but but Mike as well. And I didn't even till tonight really realize how close Nikhil and Mike are. And like that is his number one vet, like in the league, big brother, mentor brother or something <laughs> um <laughs> uh but no it it, it it all seriousness like uh there that whatever mike brings to rudy in you know the, the comfort from the familiarity uh he, he brings that to Nikhil too and it's it's obviously to to a lesser impact or whatever because rudy's your highest paid player or whatever you need to make it work um but there's there's a value there too with Nikhil. And I, I wonder as well, Nikhil like started off really hot here and then really like dipped down significantly after a couple of hot games. And then it was like eight games where I was like, I'm not sure this guy needs to be back on the team next year. It's kind of been a progressive growth. Um, and I've just loved what I've seen from Nikhil in both the Lakers game and this game against the Thunder tonight. And and it's one of those situations where you have to believe that a vet like Mike, or it makes sense to believe that a, having a vet like Mike Conley, a familiar vet like Mike Conley um, has, has made a difference for Nikhil. And, and he's just, as we move into the Denver series and, and thinking about that, Nikhil Alexander Walker has to be a big part of, of that series as well. And if he was just kind of like, Oh, we got him at the trade deadline. we, you know, we took a flyer on him, but he just ended up kind of getting mothballed at the end of the bench, chilling next to Josh Minot. Like, that's a cool spot to be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it would just the the Wolves would be in in an even you know rougher spot in terms of, of the depth that they have. And yeah, it I I guess that's just another way uh, to praise Mike Conley, but in in terms of Nikhil. Well, I and again, Nikhil Alexander Walker was 
like like you said, he was kind of a throw-in, right? It's D'Lo for Mike Conley and some picks, and then you got this guy who didn't was a lottery pick and didn't really pan out. Who Finch um, also coached in New Orleans too, like familiarity angle there as well. And I'm not comping these two players, but it's also just worth mentioning because we've talked about since the Gobert trade that every move you make now, you have to just kind of unearth value. You just kind of have to like yeah. m- find the margins. Nikhil's the same age as Shea. Now, they're two completely different tiers of players, but it's like you did kind of go find this 24-year-old kid who you probably can re-sign if you want to. And like that you throw into like the youth kind of chunk of this foundation with Ant and Jaden and maybe Nikhil and maybe re-sign Nas. I know we're going now into off-season mode, but he had such a big role. And I just don't really think the Wolves have any chance of as good as Carl was and as good as, you know, Rudy was or efficient as Rudy was. Nine for 14 from the free throw line, by the way, that was kind of big. Uh, I just don't really know you if you win that game without Nikhil playing and playing as many minutes yep. as he did. I mean, I think he had the second most minutes on the team because they had no other options for a team now and a coach who just doesn't really want to play more than seven guys. Can't. He can't. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit more in loop, like in the way of talking about uh, the Denver matchup. But let's grab one more break here. Uh, and then, yeah, it's crazy. We are less than 48 hours away from <laughs> game one of uh, of the, the Wolves uh, Nuggets series beginning. So quick break. We'll be back with Kyle. Today's show is sponsored by Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product. That's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. It's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back after you purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com, use promo code DaneMore for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 20,000 people. Today's show is brought to you by Factor, and Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit that can help you fuel up fast this spring with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. If you're just too busy to cook this spring with Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store, skip the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you got to do is heat them up and enjoy, and then you can get back outside. For me, why I've used Factor is to cut back on takeout. Save me money, it's definitely saved me time waiting for the food to get delivered. And the food's just healthier. They offer a variety of options on the menu, keto, calorie smart, vegan, protein plus. All of those options are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. So each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied. And honestly, it just tastes good. So head to factormeals.com slash danemore50 and use code danemore50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code danemore50 at factormeals.com slash danemore50 to get 50% off your first box. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Kyle, uh, I'll just throw it to you. Obviously, we've not had any time to really be able to to think about Denver outside of the extent that, you know, we've watched a handful or a big handful of of Denver games over the course of the year. It's just thinking off the top of my head. I was just walking through the locker room uh, and I asked Kat, I'm like, did you play in any of the Denver games? Like, did you play them at all this year? <laughs> It's like, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't play at any of those games. And I, so I think in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the one game where it was literally just Luca Garza and Nas Reed, right? That like, I don't think Rudy played it either. It was like literally Luca Garza and Nas Reed versus Jokic. And that was the one game that they should have won. Remember, it was like close down the wire. Yeah. And like Jaden missed that three. The, the Wolves had one of their we just stopped scoring for like four minutes at the end of game things that happened. So, oh, that's against, we call that a fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but th- there's been a ha- then also the other Denver game was D'Angelo Russell's last game. Um, again, the last game on the Timberwolves, he gets ejected in the middle of the game. The Wolves lose by like 40 to them. Um, also the Wolves beat Denver once, uh, uh, at home earlier there too. It's, it's going to be really hard. I guess that's a way of saying it's gonna be really hard to take anything, much from the Denver matchups specifically, but as you as you think about this series, as you think about a one eight, I mean, what where where do you begin to think about it? And you know, should this not be viewed? I mean, obviously, we all think Denver is the favorite in this series. Of course, not. I don't think. I mean, I don't. Maybe you will because you're crazy. Predict a a Wolves upset, but Jesus, <laughs> why why uh. Why, 
why uh why why can why can the wolves believe that they can compete in this series i'm gonna take the wheel for a sec i want to pause there okay i also think can we can we mesh in what i want to talk about how just like the importance of this game yeah a little bit this please take the wheel. my brain is as a people this, can this, tell this is, my talking is not um sense. i have waited since that moment on the tarmac in cancun for like this right Timberwolves fans, I, I, that's my those, that's my group. Those are my friends. Uh, have just been the butt of every fucking joke since they traded for Rudy. It has been so hard to sign on to Twitter or to talk to your friends about the Wolves because you're like, oh, didn't they make the worst trade in NBA history and stuff? And just be shit on. And if they would have lost tonight, I tomorrow would have been bloodshed doing those exit interviews. And just to get in, one should be celebrating like you should and if you're one of those fucking losers that's like oh you're celebrating the hc blah blah like just die like get out of here like we're gonna celebrate this and i say all that to say now it's completely different it's completely different all you have to do is get into this we've talked about parody for nine months there is there really is no favorite in the west there might be a favorite in the east right the bucks and the celtics and stuff maybe the sixers there's no favorite in the west and the Wolves would have been the laughing stock if they lost tonight. And now that they're in, the Nuggets cannot lose the series. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets cannot lose this series to the team that made the worst trade in NBA history and is down Jane McDaniels and Nas Reed. The Denver Nuggets cannot lose to Tim Conley. They cannot. So I don't think the Wolves are going to win. I would imagine it goes maybe six. But if somehow, one way or another, the Minnesota Timberwolves knock off this one seed, can you even imagine? Turn your brain back on. Like, can you imagine what that would be like? I'm just thinking Could, about Tim Connolly, <laughs> Denver, Ryan Saunders, uh, Austin Rivers, Micah Nori, Calvin Booth. Like, there's so many different connections. It's just whether you liked, whether you want to admit it or not, this was, uh, again, a frustrating season, an underwhelming season. But just to get in, the script changes now. The pressure goes on the higher seeds. You know what I mean? Like, the Phoenix Suns can't lose to the Clippers in round one. Simultaneously, the Clippers can't lose in round one to the Suns. One of those teams is going to be completely shit on by the media as soon as they're eliminated. Um, the Kings had a great season. If they lose to the Warriors in the round one, that's bad. Uh, Grizzlies, Lakers, same stuff. The Nuggets just ran away with the West by Christmas. And we're so happy to have their new GM and their new president and their three-time defending MVP, whatever. If they lose to this seven-man roster with, you know, four centers and a six foot 10 point guard and a guy who has 30 letters on the back of his Jersey that this is, this is the hotspot for the wolves. This reminds me now the wolves nugget series of when Finch came in and replaced Ryan, no expectations really. Cause everyone's already kind of just taking their punches literally. And you're down a couple of guys and the expectations for me, I think they're going to be heavy favorites again or heavy underdogs against the nuggets. And that's kind of where this team is at their best. When you expect the Minnesota Timberwolves to zig, they zag. And when you expect them to zag, they zig. And everyone's going to be like nuggets in five, nuggets in six, home court, well-rested, Nicole Jokic. I think it's a good spot for them to be in. They're going to have to, and I can't wait for you and Britt to actually talk basketball and not just ramble. They're going to have to unearth another player in the rotation. Yeah. Like I know I joke about Josh Mina, but someone else has to play because you can't go seven guys. But this is a good spot for them. They have a lot of talent. They still have depth. And if they steal game one, oh my God, Monday is going to be pornographic. 
listening to people talk about the Nuggets and being like, is Nikola Jokic made for the the postseason? That was all I had to say. Do you know that um, Mike Conley has been an eight seed before and won a playoff series? No, go on. Oh, they're slower. (laughs) 2011, um, won eight series Spurs Grizzlies. The the Grizzlies won that series. Oh, wow. Okay. Earlier on in uh, in Mike's career, he was actually asked about that uh, after the game. I'll play that clip. Mike, you're a guy who's had a lot of success early against one seeds with the Grizzlies. Now you said you came in a couple months ago trying to fit in with the team, but did they kind of lean on you now with this wisdom going against this Denver team? Yeah, you know, I told them a few days ago about, you know, when I played the, the Spurs as the eighth seed and they were one, and that is that you can do it. Like, don't go in here and thinking that it's, it's you know, it's going to never happen. Like, it doesn't happen. It happens. Like, I was a part of it. And going in, you have to have the mindset that you gotta you gotta beat beat them to win. Like you can't rely on things to fall your way. You can't rely on um, them to miss shots when they're open. Like you have to go get it to win it. Um, and that's kind of like the mindset right now is that we gotta we gotta you know beat them at every every facet of the game if we want to have a chance. Uh, but it is possible. There you go, Kyle. Anything is possible. Uh, I, I, I had forgotten about that, uh, in, until tonight. And I, I like the way Mike frames that, right. That that's real in, in that it's possible if like the, the wolves are, and again, once we have a little bit more time to think about this series and we're able to put together like our eight bullet points of things that the wolves need to do, I, I do believe that if you, if you press all eight of those buttons, the wolves have enough talent uh to to win this series they're going to need to find you know little quirks here and there i think about that uh the the denver matchup when they were at home and and they won and and you had kyle anderson guard nikola Jokic, and rudy gobert was kind of lurking anthony davis style right off of aaron gordon i think aaron gordon shot like four for 18 uh in in that game and and it gave denver problems right because kyle handled Jokic not I mean Jokic still I think had like 27 or something in that game but like didn't dominate him and by having Rudy lurk it kind of like shut the water off elsewhere and so if you can like find four or five of those type of things you know maybe you shoot crate you shoot like 44 percent from three in a couple of the game or for the series maybe um you're able to like press some of those buttons the things that this team can do and they would need to parlay that all together over over the course of a series but it's not it is to me it is different than you know some of those like when orlando would squeak in to the eighth seed and they play the one seed sixers or whatever and it's like that has that that doesn't even have a pulse right like there's nothing there's there's nothing there all you could hope for in that series is Maybe you 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 punch first, right? And you steal game one, and then the team takes you seriously. Like the Wolves should be able to win multiple games in this series. I'm not saying they should be able to win the series overall, but they I think they will have enough buttons to push that will be that could be advantages or tapping into disadvantages, turning in them turning them into disadvantages uh for Denver that make you believe that the difference in the series 
is by no means uh is by no means massive and uh yeah it's it's just interesting to have somebody like Mike Conley on on your team who literally did that uh with the Grizzlies who played to their identity and beat the Spurs because they knew what buttons they had to push do you think the thunder had any idea that Na would start or do you think he kind of like slow key? I mean, he never started before. Like, do you think it kind of caught him off guard a little bit? Um, I mean, these teams prep and scout so much, but like the fact that Nikhil had never started before. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they tonight, went into it knowing Nikhil was going to guard SGA a lot. So to that end, they're like, okay, well, we'll just go to that game plan at the start of the game rather than that. But yeah, I, I it was surprising to me. Um, it, I, 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 it was a, a secret. <laughs> like I, I hadn't heard anything about that in, in advance of the game. And the only reason I ask is because I do think that this, this team, this franchise, this mentality, this coach does their best sometimes when they're, the expectations are, I mean, this was the first season in a long time. This franchise has had real expectations and that's, what's gone into the underwhelming, frustrating, you know, toxic environment that we've all kind of navigated. Uh, the Nuggets are 34 and 7 at home. They have like the second or third best record in the NBA. Like they're really good. And to my point is like this is where Finch should just be in his bag of like pulling out these let's start now, right? Let's just throw Wendell in there for a couple minutes to just hound Jamal around screens. Like let's again, I I feel weird talking about Josh Mina because I actually do think he's good, but like just throw him out there for a couple of possessions and see like can he give Michael Porter Jr. fits. Mm. Um the Jaden and Nas loss now officially really suck. <laughs> yeah. Like it sucks not to have those two guys because I think this would be, I think the the best playoff series we have right now is Lakers Grizzlies for a multitude of reasons. But I think if you had Jaden and Nas, this would be the second best playoff series above Warriors Kings. And that's probably a little biased, but like that, that would be a really good matchup of those two teams. I mean, the Nuggets are big, right? Like Michael Porter Jr. is a big guy, Aaron Gordon, like they have big size. You know, just be big versus big, kind of going at each other. So I just, I do wonder if the Wolves, yeah, they're going to be, you know, maybe they'll lose in five, maybe they'll lose in six. But I wonder if Finch can just kind of be like, we made it, playoffs, back-to-back, first time in 19 years. I'm probably safe. The crew is probably safe. It's probably going to be a less chaotic summer than it could have been. And let me just try some stuff. Let me just cook some stuff up and see what we can do. Play some weird lineups. Um because all you got to do is win. I mean, the Nuggets were 34 and 7 at home, but they're 19 and 22 on the road. All you got to do is steal one game. And that's to your point again. You've been saying this for two years. We're also just going to learn a lot now about this team, right? We get at least four games of the two big experiment against quite possibly the best big in the league. And how does that work? And without winning tonight against the Thunder, you don't get that. And it makes everything you try to do moving forward so much more difficult. So it kind of, Pushes the experiment down the road a little bit longer, extends the lifespan of that, uh, and it's gonna do it. We're, you're headed to Denver in the morning. It's gonna be awesome. Like you're gonna get to watch real, real important basketball where the, you know, possessions tighten up and these teams score ninety points, and you really get to see like who who's built for war or who's built for the regular season. To to kind of tie two of those things together, the the value of playoff experience and learning, you know, learning in a in a series like yeah i i don't think it's crazy to say that maybe josh minot plays in the series and like that in and of itself that in and of itself if it happened it's and even if it's for like 14 minutes or whatever right 
then we've like, oh, we saw Josh Minot in the playoffs, and we we learned about not not us. We we learned Finch, Tim Conley. Mm-hmm. The you know mm-hmm. the team learned that hey, here here's some things Josh Minot actually can offer, right? And and you apply that going forward in the next season. Maybe that in and of itself puts Josh Minot in the rotation next season, right? Um, and I I for Ant for again all the inexperienced players on this team, they they can put something in their bag that you literally can only put in your bag if it's in the playoffs. I think that's just how it works in the NBA in in terms of in terms of experience. Though I will say, I'm pretty concerned about the bench going into this. I mean, hundred percent, dude. They they're yeah. playing six and a half guys or seven. Like they're not going to ever bring Nate in. Luca Garza obviously can't play. Yep. Matt Ryan's dressed like he's going to church every day. Uh, they just don't have a lot of options. But that's why I'm saying, like, I know that we've I've tooted the horn for some of these young guys. But you're going to actually, if Jordan McLaughlin's going to, or Wendell, Wendell, everything I just said about Mina, yep. like these guys that have been absolutely buried, you're going to need to you're going to need to unbury someone. And Finch actually like alluded that in his press conference after he said, "We will have to play." more people oh, really? and sweet and and so and I, I mean i would assume you know J Mac gets another shot i don't know what the heck's going on with Jalen noel's knee um oh he's a good one good it's a good thing you mentioned him because like he's not in the box score because i mean he it says he was a dnp coach's decision but was he listed out before the game i, didn't I think he was the... he was active he was active, okay just just didn't didn't play i mean he would I, be the yeah. yeah he's a good one to bring up like if he can go, sure, he has to play. Mm-hmm. Even when Jalen, I mean, again, there's a lot of bench guys that their worst is really alarming. But if, again, just if you look at this box score, the Wolves win by 25. It's a beautiful night. But they really played seven guys. And Drew McLaughlin only had seven minutes, like you said, the first half stint. And it was just so bad. I don't know if the calf is just dragging him along. But you cannot go. No, the calf, it's not the calf. He is, the, we loved J-Mac. And, and he, did J Mac things and it was a great change of pace from D'Lo at times. But J Mac, we've also seen periodically over the past few years that when his confidence is zapped, his value is completely zapped. Like that this mm-hmm. isn't totally this isn't it's not like this isn't something we've seen before from him. And and I think, you know, the the hope would be that you could put him back out there. He has of those guys who haven't played or could play more, he has the most experience on the bench, which is crazy to say. Um, but right. like you would, you would love it if, if Jordan McLaughlin could could find a way to to be you know impactful in in this series again. But it it just it it needs to be it does need to be more than seven. And I always say all the time you pinch these rotations down in in the regular season, but this team has taken on a lot of wear and tear over the past few weeks and I'm frustrated to acknowledge the fact that they need to play more players. I'm like, I, I was, I'm frustrated that it, how frequently it looks like Ant is getting tired. It's annoying that Mike Conley is, is it eight years younger and that he can't play 42 minutes in a game, but that's just the reality of the situation right now. Rudy in his back, like you could play a seven man rotation, in a playoff series, if all seven guys could really go, 
all seven guys can't really go. I mean, Finch just keeps reiterating that like Carl's not even 100%, you know? So it is going to need to be more players. I don't know what matchups dictate that. And I would, my assumption would be what we will get to in the series is we, is the Wolves bench players will be a play off of who Denver opts to go to on their bench because yeah. Denver is a, you said a really good team. I think Denver's like up there close to a great team. But Denver has a bad bench. That is that is their weakness. They don't they struggle to find a way to have three guys off their bench that they can that they feel like they that they can really rely on too. So there's going to be a little bit of that push and pull there. And if if the Wolves bench players can be neutrals, like plus zeros, that that might be a big big win in this series because there's going to be Jeff Green minutes and there's going to be you know, Zeke not whatever like there's just going to be guys that will play in this series for Denver who aren't much better than Nate Knight or you know or Jalen Noel yeah. like yeah. It, it it but it's that's not a, why Denver is not a deep team and that that's an important factor to consider when we are talking about the Wolves now not being a deep team at all either. And that just goes back to, I know I got a little heated there, threatening people, but that's why this every day since July has been miserable. Even the fun nights have been miserable. I really think tonight is like a fresh rain that takes all the dirt away. Now you're just in a playoff series and now it's just coaching and X's and O's and timeout management and like, all the it like we went from whatever you think the regular season is like i don't know drunk checkers like this is chess now this is real chess and you have a really good coach on both sides and a lot of options i mean like you said denver doesn't have a bench the wolves now all of a sudden don't have a bench either but i'm just really excited to see because yeah i don't know if josh minot's going to win this series probably not <laughs> although i will say not a lot of people are talking about this he did outscore josh giddy tonight there you go. uh not a big deal but like, we just kind of thought, like, oh, I hope I get to see Josh in Vegas this summer. It's like, if he gets a meaningful couple minutes again, like, Nikhil is why I'm thinking all this stuff. is like, I totally just assumed it was going to be the starting lineup with Torian Prince tonight, and we'll see what happens. And Finch kind of threw a, you know, a curveball in there. So it's going to be really fun basketball. You don't have to worry too. We have, we've gone this long. I kind of wanted to mention this too. Like, by just advancing to the playoffs in this Rudy Gobert experiment and all the picks you gave up, you don't have to worry about the lottery this year. You don't have to worry that the Wolves are going to give the 1.7% chance they've never moved up, and now they're going to give the, you know, Wembenyana just straight to Utah. That's done. The 16th pick goes to the Jazz. It's locked in stone. You don't have to worry about that. That's like another monkey off fans' backs, the front office's back. Like, I know it sounds weird because you should have expectations because you kind of went all in, but you can now play freer is my whole total rambling point. And I think playing free is how this team sometimes is the most dangerous. So it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how these teams counter punch literally on the court each other for four, five, six games. Yeah, man. I'm uh I'm looking forward to it. Uh you know, it's it's a weird time of year where it's like, you know, it's twenty four, thirty six hours, whatever that is like all in on the Lakers game, right? And it because it's a play in and it's like March Madness, right? kind of where all that really matters is the one game at a time. And then these past 36 hours has just been like 
oh my God, the Thunder matchup and what happens if they win and what happens if they lose. And now we have 36 more hours of what happens here uh, going into Denver. And I'm Rudy Gobert punched Kyle Anderson this week. I, I literally thought that during the game and I was going to tweet it out, but then I thought people would get mad. But I was but they, like, that was this like, week. I just remembered that Rudy, they were like, they like high fived on the floor. And I'm like, that is still weird. Yeah. Still but like, weird. like it's Saturday now. Like it was this week that the center you trade all the picks for punched the coolest guy on the team. <laughs> and now tonight they're like throwing lobs to each other. And it's crazy. I, I did see one thing that made me sad. This I'll let you go after this. Uh, They like flashed the bench once and Jaden and Nas were sitting by each other. Do you think Jaden and Nas signed each other's casts? It was the saddest thing in the world just to see them both sitting in hoodies, just like with cast. I, was just, I remember like in middle school when you like you sign your buddy's cast. Yeah. If you could just do some reporting on that. I want to see if people like sign their cast. But my, my reporting is that uh, Nas was wearing jorts and uh, Jaden looked like he was going going to go snowboarding. And it was like 80 degrees outside and really none, neither of their outfits made much sense to me. Uh, it, nor did Matt Ryan's. Uh, Sunday going Christian. I love Elfie. Matt Ryan. He's he's he he really seems like he's like Rudy's best friend too. Like Rudy sits by him on the bench and stuff. They seem like they have a Matt Ryan might just be on the bench to keep Rudy calm, which those dudes are bros. Is ironic, but I told you that. Yeah, yeah. So um, what's a uh, as a fan of the pod? What's like? What's the schedule now? It's uh two twenty a.m. Minneapolis time. Like, what's what are we looking forward to the rest of the week? Yeah, um, I I I'm also operating at like twenty four hours at a time here, but uh, we're gonna yeah, me and I'm. Heading out to Denver tomorrow, uh, as is Brit. All things go well, and we, I have a flight. I do not have a hotel yet. If I get one of those, uh, we will record a uh, a pod, Brit and I, um, on on Saturday night. So that'll be kind of our our series preview, uh, or whatever for that'll come out Saturday night or, or Sunday morning, and then we got the game on Sunday. And fortunately, uh, you know, I it's a, a media crew over there in Denver that that I know well so hopefully be able to mix in some of those like their perspective uh type of things I always go on that that DNVR show out there and usually try and use that audio to to come on over here too so yeah we'll just kind of uh be hitting you know pods daily I mean there's going to be that big gap they play on Sunday and then don't play again uh until Wednesday so I'll try and mix in uh some Denver guys like we said Britt uh, Jace will be out there. Chris will be out there. John will be out there. We'll, uh, we'll try and, you know, I'll try and get as many of, as of those guys on, uh, as, as we can and kind of play it by ear, uh, of, of how this, of how this series goes, but I'll, I'll be trying to turn out I- at least one pod, uh, a day over the, over the course of this, this final week. A fun first four games on the schedule too, right? Like, it's obviously a super quick turnaround to Sunday. Then you get to kind of catch your breath, dissect the first, you know, the first round of the boxing match on Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday. But for Timberwolves fans that have stuck through 34 years or this season or whatever, next Friday and next Sunday, some warm weather, two home games at Target Center. Like, are you coming? Uh, it's TBD. I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin the surprise. But I mean, two weekend playoff games. Yeah. I think the Twins are in town. I think the Wild might have a game. Like, uh, it's really, truly, I, I say this all the time, like, thank you to everyone that listens to me over at Flagrant Howls or on this or listens to Dane. Like, this is a big moment, even if you want to scoff at it, that they survived. And now it's really fun basketball. All these play-in games, except I guess for this one, were fantastic. Yeah. Like, five of the six playoff play-in games were March Madness-esque. 
in a sense. And I think this is probably the mo- I'm probably the most hyped for this playoffs just in general on yep. both sides and all parts of the bracket than I've ever been because there is so much parody and it's like anyone can really win. I mean, the Wolves do have a puncher's chance literally to beat the Nuggets just as everyone else does. So uh, it kicks off literally in like six hours tomorrow morning <laughs> with know, a four yeah. day four games on Saturday. But uh, it's really fun. And congratulations to, to the Wolves. Congratulations to the fans. They deserve it more than anyone. And uh, absolutely. We'll keep it. We'll keep it moving. We will. Uh, he's Kyle Tiggy. Uh, can can they listen? Was would you just do a live recording with Phil or was me, it? Yeah, Phil, me, and then we uh, had Judd like literally zooming in from Media Row at, at the arena as they were cleaning up around him, and I was I, don't know, I was drinking. But we we uh, yeah we went over the game and kind of what it means and what sure. to look forward to and the significance of just the moment. That's that's what we do over at Flagrant House. We talk about the emotional things. So um, yeah, you can go check that out. But I'm excited for daily Dane Moore pods. Yeah. Get, go over, go over to Flagrant House. This pod, this podcast is over. So you, you could go over if you want more more wolves talk. Go over to to Flagrant House. I'm going to go to bed. Uh, Kyle, thank you for staying up to to do this uh, with me as well. As always, you can uh, you can follow Kyle uh, on Twitter at Kyle Tiggy. Spelled really weird. Good luck, uh, and you can listen to him over at uh, Flagrant Howls until Saturday night with Britt. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.